have another episode here with a new addition to our weather family here at Lee Enterprises, a company that owns the press of Atlantic City, Sean Sublet. Now, I've worked with Sean at his last job at Climate Central, and when I found out that he was coming here and he told me, I was more than happy to hear the news. So Sean's a great guy, smart guy, and if you're listening in Virginia, you're going to be really lucky to have him. Let's get into it. Sean Sublet, meteorologist for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. We are here with a guy I'm really happy to be with, Sean Sublet. He is, uh, well, by the time you're listening to this, he will be the chief meteorologist for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. We're recording this a couple of days before his start date. Um, But I am so excited to have you on, Sean. Uh, We're going to talk all about your life, how you got to this point here. Uh, You're a Virginia native, of course. My first question is, you know, this is the return to media for you directly. Um, you were working with Climate Central before, which works with people in the media field. But after a long career um, in broadcast meteorology, you are now back in the media saddle. So you haven't started yet, but how does it feel? You know, it feels it feels different. It's going to be a different feeling that we had or that I had earlier. I mean, I did television weather 19 years in western parts of, of Virginia. So this is not a television gig at all. This is a, a, a fully digital gig that is going to have some video elements. Um, so getting back to the media landscape is certainly exciting, and it comes with some, some pitfalls on occasion. You've got to be a little sharper. You've got to be on your game more often. But one of the, the great things that this position is going to, to allow for me is a little more flexibility in the kind of weather forecasting, reporting, and longer form storytelling that I probably did not get a chance to do in television. I mean, you could do the occasional reporting, but actually I I prefer the written word for longer form form stories, you know, to do maybe a little little opinion piece here or there might be available uh, just to give a, a broader perspective on weather, climate, history here uh, in Virginia in Richmond specifically. I mean, I grew up here before I went to Penn State in the late 80s uh, in Richmond and then spent those 20 years in the western part of the state. So I'm very fortunate to be coming back to my home state, back to my hometown, and have a a good general knowledge of the geography of of the audience, whether it's here in Richmond or or farther into western parts of the state. You know, and uh, one of the reasons I really enjoy having you being part of the team here because I feel like you know almost like every meteorologist in the country. What do you think? Where are we at? Like 92% for you, Sean? <laughs> you know, with the, with the previous job at Climate Central, working with, you know, several hundred meteorologists on a quasi-regular basis, you know, to help them tell the climate story that was unique to their audience, whether that's in South Jersey, whether that's Kansas City, Dallas, Montana, Los Angeles, Miami. Uh, so, yeah, I'm fortunate that I've met a lot of great people all across the country. And I've also met a lot of people in academic circles and uh, non-governmental organizations. And those are in science museums. For example, there's a great, great climate scientist here at the Science Museum of Virginia and Richmond, uh, Jeremy Hoffman, who's done fantastic research in urban heat islands uh, in a very localized, almost micro-scale fashion. So I've been fortunate to meet a lot of people in a lot of different circles, and there's so much wonderful brain power out there. And to bring that into one place for an audience 
uh, here in Richmond is, is really gratifying and, and I'm really looking forward to doing that. Gotcha. Now let's dive into Sean, you know, Sean, the early meteorologist before he was, you know, officially had a degree and everything. How long were you interested in weather for? Because I always like to ask this question. I think most people would, most meteorologists say before middle school, it was pretty much as long as I can remember. So I'm just curious to hear your story. Yeah. For many of us, the weather bug bites very early in childhood, probably eight or nine years old, I started taking an interest in it because it was the late 70s then. And late 70s was, was kind of a cold time, really. I mean, the, the 1975. I can't say I remember, Sean. Yeah, yeah. 75 to 79, that, that was a colder stretch. And we had some, some fairly snowy winters even this far south here in Richmond. And you can dig up the old pictures of me playing in the snow uh, in the 70s. Um, so that kind of got my interest going. And then trying to understand, well, what's going to be coming next? You know, and of course, that was before the, the social media age. That was before the Internet age. And it was all, you know, get what you can from the TV weather folks and the radio. And, and that was about it. Um, and, and early on, I knew I had a fascination with weather as well as astronomy. And as I got into my very early teens, I had to decide, you know, what am I going to what am I going to do with my life? I, what what drives me? What excites me? I'm like, I like to know what's coming next in the weather. I also like to know what's going on in the sky, whether it's yeah. in the atmosphere or in the cosmos. But, you know, at the age of 12 or 13, you didn't have an idea of how am I going to make any money being an astronomer? <laughs> didn't really see a market for that. Um, but I'm like, well, you know, what the, these TV weather folks are obviously making a living. But it wasn't just that. I mean, I, I was aware of the National Weather Service. So initially I thought I would just end up going to work for the, for the National Weather Service. Yeah. But it just ended up going in this direction. Sure. So, you know, you went to Penn State for meteorology, and I'll forgive you for that, Sean. Well, you know, really well, here's the funny part. When I was in high school, 80, 85, 86, early 87, I got, I got letters from Rutgers. Did uh, you? Saying like, hey, come up to Rutgers. You'll love it up here. And really? I was like, yeah, but this Penn State thing is really cool. It's a little bit closer, and mm. so. But you know, they Rutgers is probably the only meteorology school that legit reached out to me via snail mail there in in the middle eighties. So, um, so a lot of respect were, for the for the what's going on there at Rutgers for sure. How did I know you were like? Was it the meteorology department that reached out to you? Yeah, yeah. And how, did I miss this earlier in the conversation? How did they know? I have no idea how they know. Wow, how they knew. But, that, Listen, but I got. I think stuff. we're just good. We might just be that good. Sean. Oh, wait, you know, I really don't know what the state of what the state of the college was <laughs> at that point because it was you know new for me growing up in Richmond, New Jersey was just it was another whole world away. I could imagine now every everything's a little smaller than than yeah, it used to be yeah. forty yeah. years ago, uh, thirty right. or forty years ago. But uh, yeah, a lot of respect. Look, there's some great, great meteorologists that have come out of Rutgers, including nah. you, of course. But you nah. know, our friend Matt, our friend Matt Lanza down in Houston. Yes, um, good friend you know, of ours. I, I tease he and I tease each other mercilessly uh, during football and basketball seasons uh, about that. But but Rutgers, lots of respect for the things going on in Rutgers for sure. Yeah, no, of course, Penn State. You know, you think meteorology, Penn State. It's like Penn State, Oklahoma. Miami, maybe, you know, those are like the three places. So, you know, definitely went to one of the best schools there. But, you know, when you're at Penn State, I have to ask, because this has been in the news in my friend circles. Did you ever go to Mad Max? And are you said that it shut down? Mad Max had not opened while I was there as an undergrad. Oh, okay. But gotcha. I had gone a couple of times recently. 
uh, over the last three or four years because my daughter just graduated from Penn State uh, oh. this spring. Congratulations. So, yeah, I had been there a few times. Okay. Uh, probably not as much as, as the students have, but it was okay. a really cool place. A few times I had been there, it was a really cool place. But, you know, the other odd thing is not just Mad Mix, but the whole skyline there uh, in State College is so vastly different than 30 years ago. I mean, there are these high-rise apartments going up all over the place. I mean, it's weird. I mean, the, the, the influence of national money that has come in to State College since I have left is, is really overwhelming. It was still kind of a college town with a lot of local influence, a lot of mom and pop businesses yeah. well into the 80s and even early 90s. But then we started to see a lot more national money come in. So the huh. landscape of Penn State's a, a lot different than it was 30 years ago. Yeah, I kind of agree with you with Rutgers to the same extent. Like, you know, not that I, I didn't graduate that long ago, graduated in 2013, so eight years ago. But, you know, you're going around and, you know, the uh, people always like talking about the grease trucks that were there on the corner of, uh, you know, College Ave and, and Hamilton. That's gone. And now there's high rise apartments. And yeah. it's almost like these like college, like at Rutgers, if you were living off campus, you lived in houses, not apartments or condos. But now the houses are going away and condos are coming up. So I don't know. I digress. I'm not a uh, urban planner, but I am a meteorologist. And so are you. Um, okay. So you graduated Penn state and then you know, kind of take me through your road to weather because I, if I'm going through your life correctly, you pretty much stayed in Virginia for most of your broadcast career, if not all of it. Right. Yeah. So I mean, once I, I stuck around, I got my master's there in, in 1994 and then you start looking for work. And I very briefly for less than a year, uh, was writing code, uh, for a government contractor at Goddard Space Flight Center, uh, just outside of DC, which yeah. sounds, you know, wow. But I got to tell you, it's not nearly as sexy as it sounds. Sitting there <laughs> in a cubicle writing code for another principal investigator, uh, it, it's just not as exciting as, as it might sound. So, you know, I missed being involved in the day to day weather. And I had a mutual friend who had just taken a new job, had just taken a new job. Uh, at the NBC affiliate in Roanoke, Virginia. And uh, the weekend person had just taken off. And they're, and it's like, hey, they need somebody in Roanoke. And I said, well, why not? Let's give it a try. Yeah. I, I don't want to be an older dude and, and, and say, what if? And I didn't try. So I go down there and it, and it took. And I worked in that station in Roanoke for eight years, moved from weekends to the morning. Uh, and then it, you know, TV being what it is, they, they didn't want to, to renew my deal. So then after being on the beach, as it were, for several weeks, ended up yeah. across the proverbial street at the station in the Lynchburg part of the market at the okay. affiliate there. So right. eight years in Roanoke, 11 years in, in Lynchburg, but you know it's just a shade under 20 years. It was the same television market. Um, but it was oh, okay. a wonder, wonderful experience, and I'm, I'm glad I had that experience. I learned so much about communications, audiences, the business, the business of media, yeah. and how that's just phenomenally, phenomenally changed in the last 20, 25 years. So I, I would not give that experience back for anything. Let's just talk about this real quick because I, I, I like people now, right? Like they'll ask me what the weather is going to be like over the weekend on Monday and probably expect a really, really good answer. But I don't know if that was necessarily always the case. So could you talk a little bit about like, what your day was like and your interactions with people were when you first started in broadcast as opposed to what you're coming into now because and we have to talk about climate central but you you, know, you you weren't working in 
directly in forecasting and media for even five or six years. I feel like in that time, you know, especially social media, right? Like that's almost like the number one thing now. Yeah. I mean, I, I was still on the air in Lynchburg and until 20 early 2015. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, Facebook comes along. I jump on Facebook in 08. I jump on Twitter in 2010, you know, and these are things that the staff and I said, I said, we need to do this for the newsroom tells us how to do it. You know, we don't want our managers telling us. So if we we do it first, we can do it our way. Um, So there was still very modest, modest interaction at that time. Um, But as you've seen, it's it's exploded as more and more people are able to to access these platforms. So there was a little bit of of interaction with with viewers. And obviously being in touch with a lot of other media meteorologists, they see a lot further interaction some of it's some of it's cordial you know and just some of it's not and that's one of the things to to manage going forward but i think being exclusively digital will will be of a benefit and that you'll you'll have a little more control over your interactions versus being in a broadcast sphere it's just it's just a little bit different and it's changing it's changing so rapidly. I mean, we, we've both seen that, how the digital space is changing, but there's also so much room for growth uh, yeah. in the digital space. I mean, we know that audiences are different by, by age group. You know, my kids are 22 and 18. They almost never watch what we used to call linear television. Yeah. Um, you know, and my son, he's not even on much social media. He's on Discord, Reddit. You know, it's just a different space and it's changing all the time. And, you know, if you're not up for keeping up with it, it can be overwhelming. But it it is a new challenge and it's one that I I fully embrace because, you know, I I like getting in here and and interacting with people and explaining things to the best of my ability, whether it's a spoken word or the written word. Um, I enjoy both. Yep. You know what, Sean? I think that's a a good way for us to pause here. We're going to take a pause. We're going to come back to you in a little bit, and when we do, we're going to talk about more of what you want to do at the Times-Dispatch. We also have your New Jersey map, too, so we're going to check that out. This is the uh, Something in the Air podcast. to the Something in the Air podcast brought to you new episodes the first and third Wednesdays of the month. First Wednesday of the month, we're always with New Jersey State Climatologist, Dr. Dave Robinson. We recap the month that was. This time, we are here with Sean Sublett, Chief Meteorologist for the Richmond Times-Dispatch, my weather brother, as I'd like to call it. Sean, are you okay with that? Weather I'm absolutely wonderful with that. I mean, I, I think I told you we've been to some professional conferences. We have. And, and, and some of the, the really cool stuff that you're able to do there at the press of AC. I, I just think it's phenomenal. And, yeah, I'm happy to have a new weather brother. This is this terrific. Yeah, listen, now we have a weather family because now we have four of us. Yeah. We have, uh, we have uh, Kirsten out in Tulsa. Uh, we have Matt Hollander who's going to be covering the Midwest. We got you. Of course, I had my old weather brother, John Boyer, who was on this. Before we even did video, he was one of my first people about three years ago we had him on. Um, but I know you, you know you and John, I know you guys know each other. You guys talk. Um, you know, it's, uh, it was you know, sad to see him go, but of course, happy to see you here, Sean. 
You know, you reminded me, just going back to before the break, we were talking about Reddit. I've actually gotten a little bit into Reddit as well. Joe Martucci Weather, if you're listening on Reddit. And I got to say, you know, I post some things to our Reddit pages. I'm in the Cape May group. I'm in the Atlantic City group, the LBI group. It's a good amount of traction sometimes when I post. I can't say I post regularly there, but when I do, there's usually a, a good feedback. So I think you're onto something with Reddit there, Sean. Yeah, the the Ask Me Anything uh, concept, I, I like that, especially when we start getting toward high-impact weather. And for that, there, there are two big things. There, there's hurricanes and there's winter storms. I mean, even yeah. when I was on the air in Lynchburg and got on Facebook and, and you create the, the professional Facebook account because people are curious as to what's going on, you would see, I would follow the metrics and you could see how many people suddenly begin to follow you when there's a winter storm brewing three, yeah. four days out. When there's a hurricane three, four days out, five, six days out sometimes, you really see the number of people spike who follow you, who are interested. So it's good immediate feedback as to what people want to know. How are you going to serve your audience and get them the information they need to make their plans, protect their families, protect their property, and just overall be ready for what's ahead? Yeah, we've had, and you know, we track page views and obviously social, I track it and, you know, same thing, right? I mean, you guys, everyone listening, you'll want to know what the weather's going to be like when it's high impact. And we've had weeks here where our weather content, you know, is number one for all of Lee Enterprises. And and I, I should have explained this a little bit better to everybody in the beginning. Lee Enterprises owns Richmond's Time Dispatch, Press of Atlantic City. Um, we're in like 81 markets across the country. So, Sean, you will be hearing some of him here in South Jersey with some of his content and vice versa. Some of what I'm doing goes out to the other places. Um, of course, Sean, you know, we did have our podcast. What was it like? Maybe it was right before COVID really started. Yeah. Here, right. Yeah, Climate came Central. Up, yeah. You came yeah. up to Princeton and, we, and recorded it in a little in a little office somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Much uh, yeah. more lower tech. Uh, just yeah. talking about climate, you know, climate change, how things are warming and especially for for South Jersey, I think about sea level rise and coastal flooding and how that's how that's gotten worse. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a good segue to my next question because I want to, you know, uh, re- kind of relate everybody listening and watching, whether it's in Richmond or here, you know, given that you did work in New Jersey for a couple of years, you know, what do you see similar about the weather? Is there anything specifically different in terms of what people care about with weather coverage, you know, between Virginia and South Jersey slash Jersey Shore? Yeah, I mean, I think there are more similarities than some people might want to admit. Um, but, you know, here in <laughs> I'm Virginia, cool with it. We can be yeah, the same. Yeah, I'm cool with it, too. I mean, I try to tell people, like, you know, my friends out here, like, you know, Joe talks funny. I'm like, no, Joe is awesome. No. He's, he, he's and, and then, of course, the people there, Sean talks funny down there. Yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 no. no. It's, nah, it's all good. But, you know, a lot of the area is, is, is rel- relatively flat or a little bit hilly. All right. And so there's a big influence from either here it's the bay or the ocean. And of course, you with, with whether it's Delaware Bay or, or the Atlantic Ocean as well. I mean, you're more coastal than I am, but we're not that far away from the Chesapeake. Um, but, you know, we also have to deal with tornadoes like you do. We also have to deal with the dreaded rain snow line every time there's a winter storm. And so when I talk mm-hmm. about the ocean or the bay influence and, and things like the, the fall line, and the fall line, that area where where the rivers start to become navigable, uh, yeah, as opposed to to not as you go farther westward toward mm-hmm. the mountains, and those things all play a role in the forecast, especially when we get to winter storms. 
Where's it going to be ice? Where's it going to be rain? Where's it going to be snow? And then as you do get closer to the coast, immediate coastline, is there going to be flooding from a nor'easter? Because so yeah. many times we see these big storms, they really take hold down at Hatteras. That's when they explode and go racing up the coast. And then how close is it to the coast to get snow versus rain or a little bit farther offshore to allow the cold air to come in from the northwest? Yeah. So in those ways, the weather is similar. It's hot. It's humid in the summer. It, those ways, it's very similar. Not exactly the same, but there are a lot of similarities. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, like you said, mostly the same. I mean, you obviously, you know, if you're covering all the way out West towards the Appalachian mountains, you got that to deal with. But, um, you know, what are some, can you name like a couple of like defining weather events for the area? And maybe, you know, maybe we have some similarities here. Like where are like the top three weather events that people always kind of refer to for storms? Well, you know, one of the, the one that's still, we think about a lot and it was a, a little bit a few months before my time was um was camille in 1969 oh. the mm -hmm. phenomenal flooding in the western part of the state that ultimately did drain into the into the james river and caused i think the second or third highest flood on record i'm working off the top of my head so i got to be careful that's, a, that's second, right second or third highest flood on record in richmond because, um, you know, the water up, up river in Nelson County has to go somewhere and then it drained into the into the James River here and that tremendous flooding in, in Richmond as well. So I think about that more recently when I think about flooding, I think about the remnants of, of, of Gaston, I think it was yeah. 2005, tremendous oh, yeah. flash flooding, tremendous yeah. flash flooding here in, in the Shaco Bottom area uh, of, of Richmond. I mean, I saw the pictures. I mean, I was... I was in the western part of the state at the time, but just seeing the pictures, and they were ghastly. I couldn't believe how high the water had gotten so rapidly uh, there in Shaco Bottom. I mean, part of the reason for that is that there used to be Shaco Creek that ran through the bottom, and all got paved over when the, yeah. when the city was built. So the water quasi runs underground anyway. But when you but the water's still going to go running into that location. So that's why we had so much flooding there, uh, and of course. It's hard to pick one snowstorm. I mean, it really is because um, we had so many in the 70s, 80s. Um, so it, it's hard to really lock onto one specific snowstorm after doing this for so long. Um, but, you know, a good snowstorm is nice. But when I think about damage and like, wow, what do you remember? I think more about flooding. Okay. Yeah, and that, that's fair. I mean, you know, usually the snow and I like to say, you know, because people here's the thing. People ask me, oh, what's your favorite kind of weather? And I'm like, well, you know, I do like hurricanes, but, you know, I don't want them to hit here. And, you know, tornadoes are cool, but I also yeah, don't want And that's the thing is, is I've gotten older. You know, when I, when I was younger, I'm like, oh, I couldn't wait to see a hurricane or I couldn't wait to see a tornado. Yeah. Then as I got older and, and you begin to see how people are impacted by this. And you know what? I'm, I'm excited to see the atmosphere do what it does. Absolutely. But I don't want it to hurt anybody. And, that, and that's part of what we do what we do, right? Yeah. We want to prepare people for it. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, we like to see the atmosphere put on a show, right? But we don't want yeah. it to hurt anybody. So yeah. part of our job is to like, look, this is what we see. This is what's coming. The, these are the limitations of what we know. Because we don't know everything about everything, right? We do have some limitation. But we also feel very strongly that X, Y, and Z are going to happen. And even if Z doesn't happen, X and Y are going to be pretty bad. So please prepare for these things. I'm preparing for these things, so I'm suggesting that you do 
it's the same. I mean, you you people are grown adults. I'm not going to tell you what to do. So, but I'm going to tell you this looks pretty bad, and and right. I'm getting ready for it. So this is what I think you ought to do. Yeah. Now that very easily said and nicely said, uh, Sean. You know, we got five minutes left, so I want to I want to kind of get the two topics here. One's the New Jersey map. We'll get that yeah. towards the end, but. Let's look forward to the future. All right. So, like, give me an idea, you know, what, you know, if you're listening in Virginia, because we're going to share this out everywhere, what can they expect from your, what do you want to happen? And let's say, like, what's your 30-day plan? What's your plan through the end of the year? And then what's your plan as we go into 2022? Wow, there, there's so much to, to, to unpack there. What we want to do is, is at the Times Dispatch, we want to be a, a digital provider of, of weather content. You know, there, there's the traditional broadcast folks and they're good people. Okay. But we want to reach people digitally. We want to reach people where they are on a very regular basis. We don't want to bother them when the weather's quiet. All right. But when there's rain coming, there's a thunderstorm coming. We want people to know we're there and we're helping to walk through them. If they want to be walked through it, the rain's going to be here. It's going to be out in two hours. Okay. Done. Rain's done. You can go back outside and do whatever you need to do. So we, we want to be there in high-impact weather or changeable weather on a much more regular basis than we have in the past. All right. And then, yes, and then do some longer-form features like, like Boyer was doing. He was doing great stuff there about the flood yep. wall and Camille, the 50th anniversary of Camille in, in 2019, uh, and do those things as well. So do the short-form, do the long-form, do some of these winter outlooks you know, work with other folks in, in our community, working with you, working with Matt, work, working um, with everybody uh, across the, the Lee Enterprises um, spectrum to, to yeah. do these kinds of things. Gotcha. All right. So without further ado, Sean, here we go. We got the New Jersey map. As we ask all of our guests to come on, split it into north, south, and central if you like, although I think that's a good idea. And you said you did, so that was good. Good. Um, all right, so I didn't look at it yet. We like to do the natural reaction. I'm going to open it up. All right. Let's see. Let, let's see what we think here. Okay. Okay. So you have North, Central, and South. Right. Uh, I think you. I mean, I think you almost got it. I would draw that North line a little further north here, though. Uh, that was tough. You, well, see, like here's my thing, though. Like you, you know, you think Long Branch and Tom's River are different. I don't know. I don't spend ah, a lot of time okay. at the shore. So I'm mm. just in my mind. I'm like, okay, maybe Point Pleasant and North. Maybe that, maybe they identified okay. North Jersey up toward Jersey city, up toward, mm. up toward, um, up toward New York city. And then, okay. you know, seaside Heights. I think that kind of more, more of central than going South of there. That's also. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I can live with your central South. I mean, that's not mine, but it's close enough. You know, and I think did you intentionally draw New Brunswick in North Jersey? It looks like you might have no, tried to that. No, I drew the line there. I've tried to draw the line ah, through it. Okay. So that so that New Brunswick and Rutgers, that's the end of central Jersey. Then as okay. soon as you go on the other side of the Raritan, boom, it's North Jersey. Okay. Yeah, yeah so see, that, I, that, that's where my brain was for for drawing that line there. So no, mm-hmm. I don't really think Rutgers is North Jersey, but it's the end of central Jersey. And once you go north okay. of there, well now you're in North Jersey. See, as a guy who was born and raised in Union, New Jersey by Elizabeth, see that I get a little caught up because I really think there's a difference. I think Union's that border of Central, Sean. But that's hey, okay. look, I'm not going to argue with you. I mean, I didn't I only spend six years up there. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm glad. Like, you, you, I, next time, maybe 
if we start a podcast down here, I'll have you. I'll send you a map of Virginia. And okay, that will be fun. That'll be okay. a good time. <laughs> I don't even know how we split that up. How do? What do we split up Virginia as? What's the no, uh, north? Most of it's by geographical features. There's the, there's okay. the tidal plain. Okay. There's, there's the Piedmont, and there's the, you okay. know, the region, valley region. Then you get into the the true Appalachian Highlands uh, and deeper Southwest Virginia. Ah, okay. Good but to know. you know, more and more people are you know are see see Northern Virginia, Central Virginia, Southwestern Virginia, Hampton Roads, Shenandoah Valley. You know, right. it's not so much a north, south, and central part, right. but the, those are the areas that people kind of resonate with around here. And I've heard of those places, so I, I think I'm on a good start if we do that. And I think we might be starting a national podcast, so we could do a little bit of uh, draw our home states on the map. But anyway, Sean, we got to wrap up. We're almost running out of time here, so you know, listen, we're going to talk plenty. I, I hope everybody here could get a glimpse into Sean's life, what he's going to be doing here as we go at the Times Dispatch. Sean, real quick, um, you know. Give us the website, give us the socials, and then we'll get on out of here. Yeah, I mean, richmond.com is where you get the Times Dispatch. I start there December 6th. By the time this airs, I will have started there. Uh, my social on Twitter is still the same, Sean Sublet. I mean, I was able to grab my name when Twitter was much younger, so I'm able to keep that. S-E-A-N-S-U-B-L-E-T-T-E. Uh, and I've got a professional Facebook page, well, just called Sean Sublet, comma, meteorologist. Right. Um, so those are the places to, to find me most easily um, in the social streams. In digital. Gotcha. And maybe Reddit in the future. Yeah, I'm th- I do think we want to explore that. So more on that is to come. Great. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, again for watching. Have a great holiday season. We're going to be back with you at the beginning of January. We're going to do Recap December, and I think we're doing our top 10 weather events. Dave Robinson is going to give me his. I'm going to give him mine. We're going to compare and contrast. Always a good time. Uh, But until then, everybody, again, have a great holiday season. We'll chat with you in January. This is the Something in the Air podcast.